0: The Natch 20 Review, the review where we go critical on games. Ha <laughs> ha! Puns. Hi everybody, I am your, I am your host, uh, Sins Taku, uh, and with me today is...
1: Pookie. Units.
0: And Shadow Chorus. And today we're actually, so on our debut episode of The Natch 20, we are going to be talking about Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is a hard name to remember, not because it's, not because it's particularly difficult, because it does not use appropriate syntax. Like, the proper syntax would be betrayal at the house on the hill, Which is not I betrayal at house on the hill. Like, they, they're missing a the in it.
1: There's also no specific <laughs> nouns or <laughs> adjectives. There's an adjective prepositional phrase, but there's nothing so, descriptive.
2: First, we're going to break the game apart I mean, with just the grammar. That's part of the critique. That's All right. the
1: the, the, you want to put a V in the name, and yeah. it makes it awkward. The, na- yeah. the name is awkward. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, in Betrayal at House on the Hill, each player chooses an explorer to investigate a creepy old house. As you explore the house, you discover new rooms, and each time you enter a new room, you might find something, or something might find you. Explorers change over the course of the game, for better or worse, depending on how they deal with the house's surprises. Uh, the house is different each time you build it. And at some random point during the game, one explorer triggers a scenario called a haunt. When the haunt is revealed, one explorer becomes a traitor bent on defeating his or her former companions. And the rest of the explorers become heroes struggling to survive. From then on, the game is a fight between the traitor and the heroes, often to the death. The game has 50 haunts, and each one tells a different story. All, are, all, all, and all are yours. It's the end of the game, over you. All are yours to explore as you live or die in the house on the hill. Um, in House on the Hill? It doesn't, in, say, it, no, doesn't, in, it doesn't say in House on the Hill. No, it does in the House on the Hill. <laughs> See, they... Yeah,
1: syntax. But aside aside from the syntax... Uh,
0: so, uh, this is a game, I've played it a couple of times, I think uh, this most recently, the, the time we played it most recently, it was the first time for Units, the first time for Pookie, first time for Shadow Chorus? Like second or third time. Second, maybe second, third time for Shadow Chorus? Um, I've played it a lot, and I really enjoy it, and... and, and that's why i wanted to play it for the first game on the the, the podcast um it's a really fun you know cooperative cooperative multiplayer slash competitive multiplayer uh later in the game uh sort of what i would what i would term an early stages rpg uh in the game you have character tokens that are represented by these little hexagonal uh sorry pentagonal um uh Cardboard chits that have stats on them and a character on them and some basic identity. Just for instance, I'm, I'm looking at Madame Zostra. You know, it has her age, her height, weight, her hobbies, so you have an idea of what what kind of person she is, uh, her birthday, and then her four stats: speed, might, sanity, and knowledge. And the entire game is based off. It's it's a dice it's a dice pool system based off of your attributes. So uh, the attributes range from two, for actually from one to eight. And there are 8 dice in the game that you can roll. Um, they're all d6s, but they're d6s, with, uh, they're d6s th- that have 2 blank sides uh, and then two ones, two ones, and two twos. Um, all 8 of them are like that. And the number of the attribute that you're rolling for a particular test is the number of those dice that you roll. For instance, if I need to roll a knowledge test with Madame Zostra, her starting knowledge is 4. So I would f- grab 4 of those dice, roll them add up the number of pips on the dice, and that is the total of my roll. So, you know, an average one of those typically would be a three or a four. Um, because, you know, the, some have two, some have one, some have blanks, so you're not going to get... You're not, It's it, it's very good at randomizing the, the results of the rolls. But um, still, being con- still being consistent enough yeah.
1: without having, like, the swinginess of, well, you roll a d20 yeah. and add a number, it's... It's a very
0: interesting interesting dice to look at. Um, In addition to that, there are event item and omen cards that happen throughout the house as you go through. Um, These trigger various thematic events inside the house that will result in a lot of different things. Some of them will give you a companion. The items always give you an item, and some items do good things, some items do bad things. Um, And the uh, events will sometimes transport you from one side of the house to another, cause you to do a test that might gain you additional stats or lose stats depending on how you roll and a few other things but the most important part of this of this light RPG light um is the house itself. So the house is made up of a whole bunch of square cardboard chits with three that are always on the board. That's the 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 main lobby which can which includes the entrance hall, foyer and grand staircase to the upper level. There's the upper level of the upper end of this grand staircase, and then there's the basement landing. And as you go through doors, you randomly draw a card that fits from the stacks of buildings. So, for example, if I were to go through a door on the ground floor, I would look. Uh, all, of the, all, of the, all the building, all the room chits have uh, basement, ground, and upper on the back of them, and they're labeled, so it's saying you know, where, this car- where this goes or where it can go. Some of them can go on multiple floors. Some of them can only go on one floor. I look for the one. I look for the first one in the stack that says ground, and I lay it down. Entrance to entrance, and that is the new room in the building. So as you explore, ideally you've randomized all these all these things at the beginning of the game. As you explore, the house actually changes from play to play. It's never the same. You can never take the same path twice, and it results in um, sometimes you'll go. You know. Multiple rooms without ever seeing an omen. Omens are what drive the haunt. Um, when when you every time you get an omen, you roll six dice and you try to roll higher than the number of omens that have been revealed. And or sometimes
1: what happens to us is <laughs> sometimes you pick a character with very high speed because speed determines how far you move. And you, uh, to to clarify, each of the little chits has a symbol on it. Either either it's it's blank. It's got an omen. An item or an event, and you draw a card of that type. Yeah, and sometimes you run through six rooms because you have the highest movement in the game, and you hit omen, 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 omen. Yeah, and omens trigger the haunt. Yeah, which is what takes you to phase two of the game, yeah. and it's not supposed to happen till turn three, three or, or four. four. Sometimes <laughs> it happens turn one.
0: I don't think it ha- I think it happened turn two with us
1: it different. happened in the first turn did it happen first, the yeah. oh, no, you you were the first player Yeah, it no, happened on it, your turn it got
0: back to me so it was technically it was turned, the very
1: turn. beginning of, of the second it was the very turn.
0: beginning of the second turn <laughs> When the haunt happened for us on the f- which first then made period. it
3: his turn as the
0: traitor, yeah, I and mean, it ended up being that the person who ran through all the rooms was the mm-hmm. traitor and had the person
1: who ran through all the rooms had accumulated all the good stuff.
2: Yeah, we knew that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, but it's it's it is fun that it has that random. So I really love this game and I love it for a lot of reasons. The, the I think what we'll do here is we'll start with um we sort should of probably
1: explain the haunt because that's oh, yeah, that, should, that's the key should, of the game. We should continue explaining We've the scab- haunt. Phase one is what we discussed. So you yeah, explore so the house, you find the omens, you find the items, you trigger events.
0: Everything up to the haunt is phase one. That's correct. We should finish describing the game. Um, after the haunt is triggered, uh, the person who triggers the haunt, the haunt revealer, as they reference in the book, uh, grabs. So there are three very nice booklets in this in this box, and one of the booklets is called the Traitor's Tome. Uh, the haunt revealer grabs it, opens it up to the very first page where they can find the haunt chart, which is a basically it ha- it's a it's a uh, chart it's a that reference lists, table. it's a reference table that lists the room that the haunt was activated in and the item you received because every omen gives you an item or, or references an item, uh, or, in,
3: or is something that
0: happens. Yeah, One of them is called bite. Yeah. Um and so you. Find the room. Find the omen that happened when you entered that room and triggered the haunt, and it gives you a number. Then below that is a numbered list of each one of the haunts and who the traitor is relative to the haunt. So, for instance, with us, uh, we had entered the gallery and I had picked up the. Um, what did I picked up? I had picked up the s- the, the crystal skull. ball. I picked oh, the up the crystal, crystal ball. No, the skull
2: was the second time. Yeah, That's so
0: right. I had entered the gallery and picked up the crystal ball, which says tra- which says haunt number nineteen. I go down, I look at haunt number 19, it says haunt number 19, the traitor is to the left of the haunt revealer, which was Units. So Units was the so at that point, the traitor, Units takes the traitor's tome, goes off into another room, flips to haunt number 19 and reads the information presented to him. The rest of us take the secrets of survival uh, and flip it to uh, haunt number 19 and read what we have. And so each party has their own information and they have to proceed from that point forward uh, to defeat the other and win, win or lose the game. Um, and that's the entirety of the game. It's, it's, once you know how to play it, it goes by very quickly. The recommended time is an hour. And I think the second time we played it was... It we, was an hour. The first time it took about an hour, hour and
1: a half. Um, mm-hmm. Ironically, as fast as we got to the haunt. But it was also a haunt that took... The, the haunts play very differently... Yeah, each one, each, each, each one is very different. Well, it, it's not a situation where it's like, a little bit different, a little bit different. No, the the objective of the game is drastically different. Yeah, the just... first haunt we played was um, item collection, bring the items to a room, activate them. Uh, it was basically Portrait of Dorian Gray. It was actually Portrait of Dorian Gray. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you were effectively
1: Dorian Gray. <laughs> um, and so my objective was to prevent them from destroying my painting, whereas... The second haunt was...
2: Kill the two-headed snake. Was a giant <laughs>
1: two-headed snake that's going to take over the world, kill it with fire.
0: Yeah. So um, they, they play very differently.
1: So, you know, one is obviously much more aggressive, the other one is more... Puzzly. ...speed and knowledge yeah. and puzzly.
0: Um, and, and, and so what, what ends up happening is you end up playing this RPG light very different ways each time you play it. And you come out with a very different experience. Every, not, not, you know, typically one person is not the traitor twice in a row. Typically, um, it's very diff- because of the way because of the way it's randomized. It's very difficult to have the same trader, they, to the same person, the trader twice in a row. Um, and the fact that there's the, the fact that there's 50 different uh, potential haunts means that I have only played about five of them, and one of them I played twice. So I haven't, you know, I've gotten a tenth like a, a tenth of the content this yeah. game has to offer.
1: Um, and Re- replay- replayability is great.
0: Big replay value. So now that we've talked about the, the plot of the game, or the, the, the way you play the game from beginning to end, what I'd like to talk about is first impressions. Um, oh. This is not my. Uh, this, and, and this is where I specifically want to point to the two people who. Uh, this was their first time playing. So, Pookie, what are we going to start with with your first impressions of Betrayal at House on the Hill?
2: I really like it. I have to say, I enjoyed it the second time we played it, F- more F- than the first time. Well, I think the first time, I was I was very confused with some of the rules, um, so I'm glad that we played it twice. Mm-hmm. And also, Austin, or Units, <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry. Just, uh, he, he tends to break things and win things, and it's it's kind of annoying.
1: Well, the first time we played was a bit of an outlier, because again, I ran through all the rooms, got all the good stuff, got my character super powerful, and then became the traitor, and then gained traitor bonuses. Yeah. Uh,
2: something that, now I had more of a problem with this the first time we played it than the second time and maybe that's because the game went a little longer but i noticed that like some people their turns would take about 10 to 15 minutes and then other people their turns would take 30 seconds
0: and you're done was that entirely uh like like who who like who in particular was taking the longest
2: um, was it the traitor? I mean, it was no. It wasn't just the traitor. It, it was, was like different characters, how many items different you got. times.
1: Like the dark, you had the dark dice and the crystal ball, and you could do it's like you could do five different things on your turn. Yeah, because of the then, items you'd gotten. and then I was crippled, and all I could do was move two squares. Yeah, <laughs> or Except or when, I'm
2: trapped in the cobwebs, and oh, let me try to roll to escape. Nope. Okay, next person. Yeah. So some of the, some of so the. Uh,
0: some of the effects and items and, and things like that can change drastically change the balance of play.
2: Again, the second time I feel like it went much smoother, and maybe that's also because like two of us hadn't played before and I think Shadow Course you've only played like once I or played, twice. I played like once
3: or twice on Tabletop so, Simulator.
2: Yeah. So I mean some of us were still trying to adjust to a new system and that's probably why it went longer. But as a whole, I really enjoyed it and I enjoy all of the options. Mm-hmm. Like the fifty different Options that you get, and I love that they have all the different combinations. So it can be something different every time you play it.
0: What about you, units? Um,
1: I again, I also, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed when you get to phase two. The 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 range of what the haunt can be, the way that it changes the gameplay. It's not just strictly run up and kill it. Except for every once in a while when it's refreshing to have a run up and kill it. Um, the the. The big thing for me is that it feels like the gameplay is suspect very much to the randomness, Mm -hmm. the kind of RNG problems, Yeah, um, which, you know, on one point, it's the big draw, it's what makes the game fun, but, like, the first time we played... I picked up an item that made me ridiculous as the trader.
0: Now, to be fair, we weren't using the item correctly. We weren't correctly. using the item correctly,
1: but even <laughs> if we had been...
2: Because I picked up the same item the second time and actually never used it. it
1: because, the, and, and part of that was because the haunt was different. The, the music box wouldn't have done anything to the snake. Yeah. But for me, when it's like, we have to steal the paint can from him, oh, I have a music box, you b- make a sanity roll or you do nothing. Yeah. Um...
0: There's a there's a large amount of variance in mm-hmm. in the game and and that that can definitely be a downside.
1: Or you said you played the snake twice. Yeah, and the first time. The first time it was way harder because the because the way the house was laid out prevented anybody from getting to the snake.
0: Yeah, the the, the first time the first time the snake was actually on the ground floor, uh, and so it, it it spread it had a lot farther to spread, and it could go upstairs. So it had the ground floor and the upstairs, whereas with the basement, unless you have the stairs to the foyer, it can't get out of the basement.
1: And the basement has a lot of dead-end rooms. Yeah. And it had to double back, and we were all right by the basement. When it happened. So,
0: Although some
3: of cool. us couldn't manage to haul <laughs> our ways
0: down a hole.
3: That was hilarious. Let's, let's, let's
0: take that into... So this was your first time playing in, 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 in physical space. Yeah. So, so uh, the something, something that... <clears throat>
3: Like, from a a craftsmanship perspective, because I've, like I said, I've played this a couple of times, I I know generally how the rules work, I was focusing more on small details. The craftsmanship of the game is something that I definitely took note of. Um, For instance, um, the dice. They're crafted basically perfectly because you realize that the same number is always on the opposite side of itself. Mm -hmm. So the dice can't really be gamed. One is always on the opposite side from one, so any number is right next to the other two. You have equal chances of rolling any of them no matter where the die lands.
0: Yeah.
3: Um so that that's just a well crafted die for the game. Um the 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 rest of the pieces I have problems and appreciation for. Um first off, I've never really been a fan of cardboard pieces. I they're just a thing. Especially small ones that like it, it they're easy to bend and break. Small, easily lost, easily eaten by animals. But the, the the appreciation I do have for them is that different types of pieces all have a different size and shape so they're easy to differentiate from each other
0: saying so the, the 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 physical silhouette like if you're if you're holding two pieces they're very different from one another
3: like the 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 make a roll tokens are triangles while the this room has an effect. Uh, tokens are squares. Yeah, they're very they're very different. And then the uh, item shapes. tokens are like hexagons,
0: uh, hexagons,
1: pentagons. Hexagons. I can't either pentagons or hexagons. Some number sided pent because <laughs> pentagrams and everything. Five. Keeping yeah. with the theme. Yep.
0: Yeah, pent because everything. That's yep, they're pentagons. Pentagons. Yeah.
1: And then there's there's big monsters that are circles and no, small monsters that are tiny drops.
0: There's also so talking about craftsmanship. Um, the the, the it's actually very high quality cardboard. At least for the building, it's very—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not too terribly thick, but it's also not very thin. It's—it's it's supple but not you know weak. Um, and the cards, the event, item, and omen cards—they're not normal paper. Um, they're like some sort of—I would say—polyester blend.
1: They're you know like nice hoil. Gaming cards. Yeah. They're like, the Hoyle gaming cards. They're not the... Yeah, they're not normal card stock. They, they're not they have, like cardboard they, Pictionary cards. Yeah,
0: they have sort of a... At least these do. They have they're, they're like they might be cardboard underneath, but they have like some sort of resin on top, um, which makes them very pleasant to hold, makes them feel nice. They're
2: easy to shuffle. Very easy to Which I love because I suck at shuffling. Yeah, they don't
0: catch on each other, um, which is that resin on top.
3: Um. Uh, another slight gripe that I have, but mm-hmm. this is again just another small one. If you could hand me one of the characters, so the, the way that you track your character stats are with oh, these, yeah. these little plastic chips. That, I noticed that that's, right that's slide on.
0: That's probably the worst the made part of the game. Yeah
3: these these uh, these little these little plastic chips that that stick onto the character token slide very easily.
0: Some of them slide very easily, and some of them stick firmly. Like there's there's a, there's a wide range of variance between easy slide and will not move. Like,
3: slide and all over and, so, something something I thought would have vastly improved this is if they had just simply notched the numbers and had a little inset so that you can stick them there and have to pull them out a little mm-hmm. bit to move them.
0: Yeah. Uh, but then the question there, the, the question there becomes how much of an additional cost to build would that have been? Because that's while while it seems like a small thing, uh, they're they're making uh, six of these. Um, and uh are I mean, just stamp cutting. they have they, yeah, yeah, already they've they've already cut, cut a couple
3: of corners by making all of the characters basically the same person. Yeah,
0: like like well they have different stats, they have different stat ranges, but they yeah, it's they they, like, they use the
3: same model, have this basically the same face with well, a slight difference. Well, tw- there are
0: 12 characters but six cards and six miniatures.
3: That
2: that's something I don't like as much cuz mm-hmm. what if you want to play because the characters the it's a different one on either side of the yeah. pentagram. What if you want to play the character on the other side, and another person is playing yeah. like the front side, and you want to play the back side. You can't do that.
0: Yeah. So there is a there is a limitation, but that's also that's also part of you know tr- uh, tracking because they're also they're all color coded. Mm. Um, it's like you know two people want to play blue in uh, in Clue or in, in yeah Clue uh, uh, can't
1: really. Yeah, but
2: that. the difference in this game is there are two options and they, they have rather than that, just one option. Well, and what that comes
1: down to right. is. Number one, they can print half the cardboard chits, and number two, they make half, half the, the miniatures. miniatures. Yeah, yeah it,
3: it's definitely it's definitely a cost saving measure. It's not one that I appreciate, but it is it, it's it's an
1: understandable cost saving method, and yeah. it, it doesn't.
2: I understand that. I just wish that it doesn't
1: harm the gameplay too terribly dramatically. Much. My only complaint is they made the, they made the markers look like little coffins, which is adorable, but it makes it really ambiguous really what cute. number they're pointing at yeah. because they're not super they're really sharp. Big.
2: because if you
1: because really I don't know if they're meant
0: to be coffins, I think they're just meant to be like arrows. They look like I know they look like coffins. I, 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 know like like coffins. I don't confidence. know if they're meant to. be they, they
3: look very coffee. Like
2: something <laughs> that like that one time when I kept losing a bunch of stuff. The problem is it's pointed at something here and you don't know if that's a 4 or a 3 right because here. Because
1: it's also a good yeah. half it, inch away like from the number. It's yeah, on a
2: 3 and then it shifts a little. they not
3: long enough to clearly indicate because they stop like a mm-hmm. good centimeter yeah. away from, like, a good two centimeters away from the number itself. If they were a little bit longer, it'd be more obvious because you could just <coughs> plant the arrow on the number. Yeah,
1: but are um, the, these, these, though, to clarify, these are just little gripes. Um, the, um, the shape of the coffins, the, the character... Mo- it's mostly these character chits. Yeah. Most of the problems come with the character chits and the obvious cost-cutting cost cutting on the miniatures. Um, these are small gripes, though, and the mechanics of the game are very sound, and they're very good mechanics. Yeah. So I don't think we need... I don't think we should, that should be lost to no. the little gripes. No, like the,
3: the game itself is sound. There, yeah. there isn't really a lot of problem with the game itself, which... Like, playing on Tabletop Simulator cuts out a lot of the production-quality gripes. Yeah. Because it's much easier to manage. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> pl- playing it playing it in person really brought to light a bunch of these... The, uh, the craftsmanship uh, notes and issues that I had.
2: I feel like the... Uh, two different characters on one pentagram thing. I mean, they could only do like one character, and then they could make more miniatures and sell them separately as an expansion pack and make more money off of that.
0: It's yeah, true. And I'm not sure if there are expansion packs available for this, but even if there are, we're, we're, we're critiquing the base game regardless. Yeah. So um, so now that we've got those first impressions out of the way. My, my opinion on the... On, and this actually goes back to my first impression. was The, the thing that I really enjoy about this game <laughs> is that it is a RPG-lite. Um, it has a lot of the elements that a tabletop RPG has. It has, you, know, you have a character. They have stats. those stats determine how you roll, and,
1: and they can increase and decrease as you go through the game. And sometimes, like Ox Bellows, you get really into the character. And,
0: and, and some of the and the characters are very they're the characters are very simple horror cliches, which means which not only means that you know you can tell right away what they're good at by who they are. Like a character named Ox Bellows. What do you think he's going to be good at? Punching things. Whereas the opposite of him, uh, a character whose nickname is the Flash, you can probably guess he's going to be really quick. Um, so they have these stereotypical horror movie traits, uh, horror movie tropes of characters, which makes it very easy to get into the character. Like I, when I was playing Oxbows, I was very much you know going around yelling and screaming, uh, yelling and screaming as a character, and, and, and you know going in character yelling at the game, which. It encourages the role-playing aspects of role-playing games um and this this game like I said, is a very it's a very good introduction to uh, RPGs and I like to refer to it as an RPG light as you guys have heard me say a couple times now um it makes it a very good introdu- introduction point like if you have people that aren't sure if they'd like playing RPGs like like tabletop proper tabletop RPGs like D&D and Pathfinder this is a very good game to get them into. Especially, if, especially if they like Lovecraftian style uh, storytelling or horror, or you know, horror storytelling or anything like that. Like if you're gearing up to play Call of Cthulhu, this is a great warm-up game. Um, things that I don't like about it: the biggest thing that the, my biggest problem with this game is the dice, the dice themselves. And and what I mean by that is, while they are perfectly you know sort of designed as dice, they're also perfectly designed to infuriate you if you don't like rolling dice, or if you don't like randomness in a in a in a numerical fashion. And what I mean by that is say I've got say I'm playing ox bellows, and say my strength is eight. I roll all eight of those dice. Those die. But it is just as statistically probable that I roll zero as eight. Or Zero 16.
1: 16. It's most yeah. statistically probable that you'll roll 8.
0: It's most statistically probable that I'll roll somewhere between 5 and 8. But even when I was rolling 6, sometimes I would roll 8, and sometimes I would roll 2. And when I had 3, it was statistically probable that I would roll 3 or 4 when you're rolling 3 dice because they have they do have the chance to roll okay. 6. And I was constantly rolling 3 when I needed a 4. With, and even when we had characters that had 5, they were still rolling threes. People that had six still rolling threes.
1: Um, Characters who had or you, t- t- three rolling six.
2: Yeah. Like, or you roll seven and then the snake rolls eight. Yeah, like, and it, it, there's the, the the
0: size of the variance. And it's, it's one of those things where my stats really don't mean much. Because if I'm rolling, like, because of the, the, the level of variance in the dice rolls... They don't add much to the roll, other than another dice.
1: Well, on the opposite token, because it's the number of dice, it 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 gives you a much harder statistical average. The average roll, because it's zero, one, or two, it, it's basically a. Th- 3 side or die. Basically, do three. Yeah, it's, yeah. A three point it's, it's a three-point variance. It's a three-point variance. It's all the average is always going to be your number yeah. that you're rolling. So if you have eight, your average is going to be eight. If you have two, your average is going to be two.
0: Hmm. But as we know, averages when rolling dice don't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not at the critical moment.
0: Nope. Uh, so that, and then there's also some of the some uh, another and the, again these are these are we're, we're critiquing um, some of the haunts are stacked way heavy in one direction or another. Um, and it's meant to be hard on the heroes, that's true, but when the villain can foil you because he's stronger than you and can steal the items that you need to defeat him and, and can't break take him damage. can't take damage. Like like for instance the one that we one of the ones that we played was uh, it, I can't think of the name of it, but basically the trainer was immortal unless you had a very specific item which the physically weakest person in the party had
1: and giving up that item would have killed would have killed her
0: yeah um unless you had that specific item you can't damage him all you can do if you beat him is take an item from him only one of us could reliably beat him in combat and that was the little kid funnily enough um 12 year old yeah the 12 year old was beating the crap out of this jock um and uh only one of us could would beat him, and all it took for him was to say, "Hey, I'm breaking this item," to break it. He didn't have to make a roll to break it. He didn't have to do anything special to break these paint cans that we were trying to gather. Whereas to you had to make. Whereas we had to, we had to go to a very specific room. We had to first, first we had to find these paint cans, which are only in a set of eight specific or a set of, set of six or eight specific rooms. We had to find the paint cans first. Then we had to... Um, no, no, there were six. Yeah, six rooms. Because we had, we had exactly six paint cans. Um, first you have to find the six rooms. If they're not already on the board, you have to wait until they're revealed before you can find them. Uh, which adds back into that random factor. Then you have to take them from wherever they are, and some of them are in the basement, to the room where the haunt was revealed, which in our case was on the upper floor, while evading the traitor, who at this point had a, had a seven speed... Eight at eight speed. Jeez. Yeah. So the trader who could outrun everybody, we had to somehow evade him. Get up to the top floor, then make a four plus knowledge roll. Five. No, it was four. Was it? It was four. No.
1: It was. Hu- it we was just, hard for you guys, guys to make. We kept rolling we kept threes. Rolling threes. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was four. Everyone rolled threes except for me.
1: Yeah. Well, because knowledge was not a high stat for many people. He had high knowledge. I had a five knowledge and kept rolling threes.
0: Like I, w- I had the lowest knowledge at three. Everybody else had four or higher. Um, I had six knowledge. And we had to roll a four. Um, we had to get to that room, then roll that die. Then then roll that. All the trader had to do was find us, punch us real hard, take our paint can, break it. Um, which, you know, while, while, that, while it's designed to be hard on the heroes, in this case, was way well, harder than it needed
1: to be. And I would like to flip that on its head. If I had been playing... There's a character in here with three speed. Yeah, Madame Zostra, who has three speed. Yeah. I would have gotten them in like, shoot, I have to beat four other people to different points of the house with my three speed. Well, you get bonuses, though, for being the traitor at that point. I would have gotten a plus one to my speed. I would have had a four speed. There you go. Which is the, about average. Which which is about average. The, the reason that that game felt so stacked was, number one... He was playing Flash. I was playing the character who was perfect for that. I was playing the character who could run anywhere and get to anywhere instantly. Yeah. The map layout was very much in my favor. Yeah. Um, and I had the music box... Which we weren't using properly. So all the, all the randomness served you. The, 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 I, well, I, I had also, because I triggered six omens, Yeah. I had a madman who helped me fight people, a little girl who helped me fight people. You didn't people. lose any
0: of these things when you became didn't a traitor. I didn't lose any of things
1: when I became the traitor, and I had, a whole, I had gathered all the good items. So I had all the good loot, I had a music box that, even if we had been using it properly, would have trapped one room, and that's it. No, no, it stays with you. Well, And then you had to keep making checks or drop it. But I had a sixth sanity because of my little girl.
2: Basically, yeah. you're never allowed to play that character again. <laughs> With
1: my sixth sanity, the music box, even if we were playing it properly, I would have wrecked everyone. Yeah, and it was because of the way that it had been laid out. Yeah, it's the same thing with the snake. The time we played the snake, it was
0: super easy. Super because easy. It was trapped. But when I played it, it was really hard.
1: Well, not just we were trapped. We had the little girl with the spear of murder. Yeah, and ox bellows happened to be there. <laughs> and ox, and, ox and the just s- kept fixing people. Our saving grace were um, shadow Course and I played high knowledge characters, and, and he just we, ran around with a med kit. We had this med kit that lets you heal everyone. So it's like, oh, you lost a fight with the snake? Heal. You're fine now. Punch it again.
2: And I killed the snake with my teddy bear. Yep. You and I both killed a head. So. Yep.
0: Uh, yeah. It was. It. it I think. And that ties back into my high. My complaint about the high
1: variance. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not just the dice. It's the. It's
0: the game itself um, has a, has a stupidly high variance, the, and, and uh, that is part of why you play it. But be warned, if you do want to play this, it has a stupidly high variance. <laughs> but even even with that. When we were playing the losing game, I was still having fun. The atmosphere itself is still very fun. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Like, exploring the house and, and, and getting these... Co- like, the Burning Man. Oh, my God. The Burning Man is hilarious. I love that co- that event.
2: <laughs> I think Shadow Coast has something yeah, to say. Um,
3: yeah. My, my, my biggest... Uh, my, the, my, my main praise for this game is that it is um, a very tactical, a very... Um, Teamwork-oriented game where the heroes do really have to work together to defeat the um, the 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 haunt. No matter what it is, if they if they all just start running in different directions like chickens with no heads, they'll lose. Yeah. Um, my biggest critique of it is that because it is random, and it's not just it's, it's not just the variants, but because it is random, and you could get any combination. Some combinations were not designed to go with
1: each other. Yeah, so they create broken combinations. Yep. Yeah,
0: yep. And there's no way to really solve for that.
1: One other, one other feel bad about this game. You can die, and it always feels bad to be the one who dies. I almost one shot Shadow Chorus when I turned traitor.
3: Yeah, from flying out of a room <laughs> and
1: punching him. I,
3: I think it. I, I think it. Yeah, it would. It would have sucked really bad if I had actually died in that. But you left me crippled. I was able to hobble from room to room so, after So, that. is being crippled worse than dying? That's a good question. If I'm dead, I can go get a drink and watch how the game plays down. If I'm crippled, I just kind of have to sit here and hobble around.
2: Well, I got crippled by the snake, but then when I got healed, I was able to take out but the snake. We had
1: the healing item. Yeah, we had the healing item. The with the healing item was the traitor. Yeah, yeah, because I had the healing item, and that's why I stole
2: every item. And
0: that was one of those things. Like I I had a chance because I was the only person that could realistically fight him. I was trying to steal items from him, and I had a choice between the music box and the um, the music box and the healing salve that he had. And I took the healing salve because Shadow Course's character was basically maimed, Um, and that was probably the wrong decision in the long run. (laughs) But it got him back into the game.
1: Um, so, just, ga- games that have that sort of one person loses scenario yeah especially when you can lose that quickly oh yeah now it's not that lethal of a game to clarify like you know, it's so hard to die before the haunt
2: no the comp uh, oh I'd say it's almost impossible to die before the it's haunt it's not
0: impossible to die before the haunt if you I said almost if you yeah impossible. if you happen you'd you have to run into a very specific
1: series if you, if of events if
0: you stumble across the right events
3: yeah then you, if you stumble the across, wrong across a
1: lot of the right events <laughs> yeah like if, if, you, sucks. if you if you hit
3: if you're a low sanity character and you hit the screeching whale once and then something else that reduces your sanity, you can just. Well, that's mad. the thing
0: is that the here is a bit of praise that I will have. So, if you have me one of those chips, real quick. So, we've been talking about numbers on the on the on the on the uh, cardboard cutouts, but we haven't really talked about exactly where they fit. So you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. You have 8. There are 8 spots on the stat tree for each character. But they are not sequentially 1 through 8. For, exa- for, exa- uh, for example, Professor Longfellow's knowledge goes 4, five, 5, 5, 5, 5, 6, 7, 8. But his might goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 6. So there's like 7. 7 slots. Not eight because the eighth one is the skull.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and there's a skull. At the end. if any one of the if any one of the stats goes to the skull, you're dead. Um, and the the your starting value starts at different places. Uh, Professor Longfellow's <coughs> knowledge starts one two three four starts five points up. But his, even if you loses his knowledge, his speed starts four points up. His might starts two points up, and his sanity starts two points up. So when you in, in the game when you gain one. You actually move one rank up. You don't necessarily gain a numerical one.
1: Likewise when you lose one, which you, makes certain you go characters... One rank down, you don't necessarily like, lose a numerical There's a character, Vivian Lopez, who her stats don't start super high, but when she loses stats, it doesn't really affect her. Like, her sanity is 4-4-4-4. Four, 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 four. So you can just keep losing sanity, but you'll still roll four dice. Or her knowledge is 4 5 5 5 5, five 6 6 Yeah. So you can... You can lose a bunch of stats and still not be crippled, whereas some characters, um, like for instance, Madam Austria, w- like likes, uh, on the opposite like, even, on the flip even side.
0: to Father Reinhardt, his might is one two two four four five five seven. He starts at that second two,
1: so he has a lot of room to go up, but very little room to go down. <laughs> so, and, and so it makes the characters a lot more than just four numbers.
0: Yeah. So and and they they grow
1: in different ways. And so I I think that is one of my my biggest things that I love about the game is the the way that the characters are mechanically is not just numbers on a chit it's you have to look at the whole sequence
0: is there anything else that you really
2: really enjoy about the game? Uh, something I really enjoy about the game is that the um, the traitor could be anyone yeah because usually in games like this it like you've got slips of paper or it's on a card or something so you know ahead of time but it's completely random Mm -hmm. and I love that
0: Anything you, you really hate about it?
2: Um... I, I think I already expressed my concerns on... Yeah. Like, the the turns... Again, the second time we played it, that really didn't. Once, bother you, once me, everybody had a first, in it, yeah. yeah. The first time, there were some turns that I'm sitting there and I've got 30-second turn. And then the, someone else has, like, a 15-minute turn. Uh,
0: Shadow Chorus. One more really good, really bad? Um really good. I will note that I've
3: I've read over a bunch of the haunts. All of the haunts really do play out drastically differently, so it does offer a lot of replayability, because you can get any different haunt and play a very different game. Likewise, however, you have the same pool of items, events, and omens every time, And and they are not nearly as numerous, which basically means that you will run into the Talisman of Ages probably most games. If you, if, you, if you find a bunch of items, you'll probably run into the Talisman of Ages. Yeah, because
0: we, we got the Skull, Crystal Ball, and um, Dog both times. And the Music Box. And the Music Box both times.
3: It's like, there's, there's a lot of variants, there's a lot of replayability in the haunts, the ways that you go about the house, not
1: so much. Yeah, that's a fair
0: point, because there are less omens than there are haunts.
1: There are a lot fewer omens than there are haunts. I wish there there's, were there's,
2: more oh, omens and items. There's 16 omens. Are the 16 omens?
1: Yeah, because it's it's the maximum you can roll for the No, it's twelve omens. There's no, twelve like it's omens. It's less than
0: the maximum.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not many. Which
1: which is the maximum you can roll with six dice. Yeah. So there's twelve omens, there's probably the same number of items. There's a lot of events, but events aren't as meaningful towards the game. They're generally just make a, make a test, raise or lower a stat. What's a couple important? of them teleport you around. Yeah. Um,
0: there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot more events, and but the events also duplicate. There are more. Um, there are some duplicate
1: events. So, yeah. All right, uh, units, good, bad. My favorite thing about the game is
0: there are thir- there are thirteen omen cards. Okay. Because you can't, oh, you roll, can't 13, roll twelve, so the last one is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. If, you, if for some reason you manage to get all the way to twelve, the thirteenth one will trigger a haunt no matter what.
1: Yeah. Uh, the game is a lot also of... Also a Friday the 13th reference, you know.
0: Well, I mean, 13's always an unlucky number. Yeah, Sorry. The
1: game is a lot of fun. Like, at any level, it's really fun. It's really fun to get into. Um, it's especially fun because you'll go into a room and you'll pull an event. Like, you, uh, what was it, last night your, your, your wife pulled the Burning Man after walking from the furnace into the crypt... And it was just so fitting, yeah. And it's so much fun. Or it's there's, almost
0: like the game is reading your mind. Or sometimes it's, it's all uh, creepy.
1: Um, we got the we got the groundskeeper in the graveyard, and then we got the groundskeeper in the garden, and it was it was really fitting. And yeah. then Oxbellows jump punching a snake was really. <laughs> there's a lot of fun aha moments, and then the haunts. Oh, this is Dorian Gray. I love the story of Dorian Gray. Yeah. You know, it's there's a lot of flavor. There's a lot of there's a lot of room to have fun beyond just the mechanics. Yeah. And having the little details, mechanically, it makes no difference that Vivian Lopez likes old movies and horses.
2: But it makes me want to play her.
0: It also, mecha- mechanically, it makes no difference that Professor Longfellow likes Gaelic music, drama, and fine work. Or that he's 70 some odd. But
2: it made me want to play him. Yeah,
0: but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, he's it's 37. Like, <laughs> oh, this, 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 uh. The thing I like best, Oxbellows Hobbies, has Oxbellows has two hobbies football. And shiny
1: objects. (laughs) (laughs) And and they're not even always perfect tropes. Like, Darren the Flash Williams, he likes track music and Shakespearean literature. I'm like, that... He's the well-rounded job. He's he's really interesting. Um, Least favorite thing, definitely the feel-bad moments. For every really fun moment, there's the, you're stuck in cobwebs and your might is two, so you're just stuck in the cobwebs for three turns. Yeah, like or, both, of
0: you, both of you ran into that. Yeah, we
1: both got stuck in the cobwebs with low-mite characters. Or the, you got punched by the traitor first turn, and now feel free to hobble around the house with your speed of 2.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the
0: traitor who can then just ignore you and not put you out of your misery. Yeah, the traitor,
1: I'm like, okay, well, he's crippled. Just gonna I, ignore him now. <laughs> Let him hobble around. Um, and, and so... They they really didn't do much to eliminate the feel bads,
0: and I think and I think part of that was that it's not that it's not expected to go as long as it sometimes does.
1: No, um, but but if you end up in a long game, or if yeah. you get punched out on turn two, which is what happened, so, it, it's a feel bad.
0: Yeah, for me, one of the things I really uh, another one of the things that uh, the last thing I'll say that I really like about the game um, is the way damage is dealt. So, in in a normal RPG, you have a hit point total, and that hit point total when you take damage, that hit point total is reduced, and until it hit, once it hits zero, that's when you're dead. You're like, and basically, basically, but from from a hundred hit points to zero hit points, there's no difference until you hit zero. Um, which is something some some games take wounds instead of hit points, and the more wounds you have, the worse you are. But like for D and D, there's there is strategically no difference between 100 hit points and one hit point um for as far as mechanically operating your character in this game the way it works is damage is taken from your attributes and there's two types of damage there's mental damage and physical damage mental damage subtracts from your sanity and knowledge and physical damage subtracts from your might and speed and it's not linear so if i take four damage i can take four points from my might Four points from my speed, two points from my might, two points from my speed, three points from one, and one point from the other, or any combination thereof. I think that's all the combinations. Um, but yeah, so you can you can, you can can divvy up the damage to stats you're not using. Like, if you are a runaround character and you take physical damage, you can put the damage into your might until you can't lose anymore or die, and then, then start hitting your speed so you can still move quickly the entire game alternatively if you only have one point left in your might you don't auto die you can just drop it from your speed instead um so that that sort of variant and uh, that sort of ability to assign damage to different locations not only makes even taking damage a tactical decision um but it also makes it so that you can that that's one of those safeguards against those field bats, where like you got hit for you got hit for five well, I'll take it off from my mic. I can still move around and still be useful, but I can't punch anything for, for a thing. Or, like I was doing with Locks Bellows, I'll take it to my speed, because my job is to punch things. <laughs> and I don't have to move fast, I just have to hit hard. In um, my case,
3: it was so early that there I didn't really have a buffer. Yeah, you didn't He know, hit me. He hit me so much that I brought both of my physical stats down to the last pip. I also yeah. punched you for seven.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> I mean,
1: that was not how that was supposed to happen.
0: Yeah. So there's that. The, 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 that again shows to still high variance. Um, and then going to the negativity. This this one is this one is probably the pettiest of all my critiques, but it, I feel it is still a valid critique. All of the miniatures. Are very poor quality.
1: Oh, they are. They are very poor quality. The the only good one is the little girl. So, uh,
0: for instance, even that, like, because they're 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 color coded, so there's certain things you can forgive, like like uh, the the jock is the red character, so he has a red shirt. The professor is the white character, so he has a white lab coat. But racist? No, no, like white color designation. But Father Reinhardt. Is a German person the skin oh, the... the skin color on the token is brown? It like within the story of their own game, they all yeah. of the characters' skin color is brown, and that was a, that was a time saving measure. But okay. like when you have a German, when you have a German, an old German mad scientist trope, and he's not an old German I mean, mad scientist, he's, on his he's a priest,
1: Father Reinhardt. Oh,
0: also, he's a priest in a white lab coat. Sorry. Also, Professor Professor Longfellow was the professor. Sorry, uh, but, but yeah, it's like he's. But
1: that's he's still another, German. That's another complaint, actually. Yeah. Why is the priest in a white lab coat?
0: Yeah. Also, the priest and the priest and the professor are both in a white lab coat. Um, yeah, it's like the 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 miniatures do not always match the characters. Now, it works for like the little girl who is a both of her characters are little black girls.
1: Um, with the cutest little teddy bear. Yeah. So, um, it's peculiarly <laughs> blonde hair.
3: One thing I want to note about that. One thing I want to note about the little girl. Uh, it's 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 not a it's not a critique. It's not a it's not a praise. It's just kind of a note. Zoe Inkstrom looks like a normal little girl. She's like looking a little off to the side. She's got long hair. She she looks you know probably normal. The flip side.
2: I noticed that the other. Missy one Du
3: board <laughs> looks like a psychopath.
1: She
2: looks like something from The Exorcist. <laughs> I
1: think we need to clarify. I think that's intentional. I think it's intentional. I think she's supposed to be that little girl
2: because she's the one I played yesterday. And well, yeah, it's, I, it's I, the same
0: th- thing. Like Father, Father Reinhold is clean shaven and. and and you know neatly kept and then professor longfellow is the crazy crazy mad scientist. Professor
3: Longfellow looks more like the friendly but bumbling scientist. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's got the really big beard that obscures his face but it's kind of flowy yes. and like wavy.
0: I mean he's dirty and disheveled and unkempt. He, he, he's he's got the uh the <laughs> I, the
1: Einstein look it of, c- of it could <laughs> go either way <laughs> yeah. which is Again, probably part of the, the point.
0: But yeah, so that, like, that's, that's probably the, the, the pickiest of nitpicks, is the, the miniatures being
1: fairly low quality. But they
2: are. Also, looking at them, the painting job is awful Yeah, on, on them. That's, that's something I Well, I,
1: and, and this I one, notice. the little girl's feet have kind of melded with her base, and so her shoes are just kind of like have been eaten.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. Well, dude, know, and,
0: and, and like the jock has no eyes.
1: I love Missy DeBoer's
3: hobbies, swimming and medicine. I a little girl who studies medicine... She's supposed to be creepy.
2: The other little girl is dolls and music, which is normal. Yeah. When I first looked at this, I thought they were the same little girl. And I'm like, so when I become possessed, I <laughs> turn it
0: over to this it one kind of it, it kind of is like that, though. If you look at it from Father Reinhold <laughs> to Father Longfellow, the same like person just, just all of a sudden things have happened. Um, So yeah, so from from here on we'll move to the final segment of this, which is uh, uh, what you'd do to improve the game. If you, say you had a hand in the production, in the development process, some of these nitpicks that we've thrown at it, what would you do? And we'll start with units. What what would you do to improve some of the the issues, some of the critiques that we've had?
1: Um, The biggest problem with the way I would like to improve it is it would make it cost more. Um, And that would be... Well, what would be nice would be if there were cards that were unique to the haunts. Um, and and I think that would help uh, with Problem Shadow course, kept mentioning, where sometimes you get items that just with that or, or characters that, that with that haunt become ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Or um, like when, when the snake happened, the explorer died and you become the snake. So if you gathered all the items beforehand, well, they just
0: they 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 drop. They,
1: they, they vanish. What
0: well, are no, they drop on the floor? They, they right? drop on the floor. All the items drop on the floor. Companions go away.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, companions stay in the same room. No, they go
0: away. The companions run away. They they run off. You you lose yeah, them. You specifically don't... to Ouroboros.
1: You, you the okay. companions run away.
0: No, no, no. You, any any time any time when a trader transforms. Okay, when a
1: trader. And
2: transforms, then, becomes... when they
0: stop becoming okay. when they stop being human, their companions are just gone. Okay. And then you discard um, those of it. You discard those event cards.
1: But. Yeah, the, the limited number of event cards and the feel-bads. Like, the cobwebs are such a feel-bad.
0: So what's what's, some, what's something you would do to improve something like the cobwebs?
1: Um, I would give them a more unique effect. Something that's not just strictly st- stop here for three turns. Something that would let you sacrifice, say, um, the cobwebs, make your might check, and you can either stay there for a turn and free yourself... Or you can sacrifice a stat to keep moving. So, something that gives you an option. So, mm-hmm. if you're stuck there, it's like, well, I chose to stay here because mm-hmm. I had the time. Or, no, I have to get somewhere. I will take um, two off my sanity to escape from the spider webs. Yeah.
0: And that's actually that, that, That's something that also Fits in, in with the theme Of the haunted house Like you have the That classical trope Of hitting the spider webs And freaking the fuck out Yeah Like that's basically You lose two sanity Or lose a sanity And just freak out and
1: run Or Stay there for a term, Compose yourself And then get out And then get out Um I, I feel And it gives you more choices And I like choices Um The other thing is Balancing the items There are a couple items That are just
0: Really powerful
1: for well, the powerful. angel feather,
0: they are powerful. Well, the angel feather is supposed to be really powerful, but they're powerful in different situations, and, and that's the problem. Like is- the angel feather wouldn't have helped us at all against one of the immortal enemies, but because we had already, or it wouldn't have helped at all <coughs> after. Like if we hadn't weakened the head, it would have helped to, to weaken it, and that's about
1: it. The more re- no, the more relevant one is actually the um, the uh, the music box, very specifically being the traitor that one time, it was super helpful. Other, t- other times, it's completely irrelevant. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, you mentioned cost earlier. The uh, b- betrayal at, uh, betrayal at House on the Hill only costs about thirty five bucks. But so it's not that expensive. Well, the game at the start,
1: when it comes to cost, though, look at the genre of this game. This is not <coughs> this a, is a niche game. Well, it's not just it's not just though a niche game. It's not a hardcore game. It's a fun game. It's more of a party game. Gets your friends together. Play House on a Hill. Yeah, that's it, what I was it, that's what I not...
0: When you, when you stepped out earlier, I was saying it's a great gateway game to like Call yeah. Cthulhu.
1: And so you don't want it to be a $50-$60 board game. Yeah. And well, if you had to, to do things that would... And I think that's why they made these design <laughs> choices. But the feel bads is what I think they need to disclose because that's what makes it more of the competitive spiky kind of game is the the cobwebs, the punch people out.
3: Well, one thing, one thing that I can say that that could that could improve, and without increasing the cost, uh, or maybe even cut the cost, you can put notches in these. If you put all of them on sprues, just put them in a cardboard sprue that the player punches out when they get it and it's pre-punched to have those notches in them when you knock it out of the sprue.
2: Give me a knife and I'll put notches in that thing.
3: Like that that's a that's that's a very cheap and effective cost-cutting mechanism that allows you to make more or even detailed cardboard pieces. Even just like reduce
0: the overall size. Or yeah, even just shrink the the, the chit. <clears throat> like cuz there's a lot of empty space on the chit between like like and it's there for effect but like between the numbers and sanity and the edge there's a whole lot of empty space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that may be because these, that, this is the size of the template that they had, and they couldn't get another template without spending more money. Um, but like, if there was any way at all to, to decrease the size of these chests, that would probably be but
3: like, But, well, like, like, like <clears> sprue-based <throat> pieces are the cheapest thing. Like, leaving yeah. them on the sprue for the player to punch out is the most
1: cost-effective method I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, the distinction there, though, is um, if you're die-cutting, and they're Which these immediate- are die cut. they're die cut and then they're immediately recycling their cardboard that's the thing like their their cardboard goes into a thing and it comes right back out and is recycled as more as chance. more of these so they get um, more efficient use of resource it depends all, on how long your print run is the
0: big thing is also with adding sprues in means a different die you're still you still have to change the way you're cutting it and a different die can cost a lot more than the cardboard
1: and, and they may well have had because this is a pretty generic shape. Yeah.
0: Now that's that's still a very good idea. Like adding that, adding that, adding something in like just little like, like bits. Is, ba- basically, is still a good idea. You, you can
3: make a trade off. You you yeah. can make something that would increase the price, and then also make a cut that would decrease the price without harming the overall quality of the game. Yeah. No, I, I
1: agree. Though in general, this was a poor
3: design choice. Yeah. Like you, you could have found a better balance that would have allowed you to make like notches or a smaller chit that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been as expensive. Yeah.
0: is there anything else that you you want to
3: touch on? Um, no, it's mostly like you're, all, you're all, really focused on the material. Yeah, aspects. like because because I have played this a bit on tabletop simulator, and so when I come into the live game, I focus a lot more on the material aspects, the like physical pieces of the game.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, the dice I love. <laughs> like I, I love I love the dice. They're they're really well designed. They're perfectly balanced in regards to how dice should be balanced. And, they have weight to them. And they have weight and they have square corners. Yes.
0: They're also a nice as yes. long as you guys can hear that.
1: It yeah. sounds good. Well, it, it, they've got that weight, they've got the die weight. They're yeah. not the they're not the Chessex dice.
0: Yeah, they're not Chessex really light like plastic. They've got a little bit of heft to them and they've got that nice resin clicking. Uh is there anything else that, that like any improvement you would suggest?
2: Um I I would add more of the item cards and the omen cards. Mm-hmm. Uh just give it more options because with all the haunts, I love all of those options. Um, I think that but it's like
0: like where where all the variety where they put all the variety into the house and into the haunts. There wasn't there's not quite as much variety right. in the omens and right. yeah,
2: it, it needs to be more well rounded.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely and I, and I think maybe they stuck to that thirteen point a little too hard. Yeah, um, or
1: even if it was the same number of omens and more items. Yeah, even if they just had, like, a different, like, you have a different set of 13 omens. Well, part of the problem there, though, is the omens determine the haunts, because of the way they have it set up. To have more omens, the way that they did it would increase the number of haunts. Or, I
0: think more more items probably would be the better route, though. You could
3: increase
1: the number of omens and just shuffle up your your omen deck and deal 13 into a pile. But you would still have to have more haunts, because, because of the way they did it, because... You A could, lot of the haunts rely on... all
0: the haunts rely... The haunts are determined by the uh, the omen that you drew when you triggered the haunt, and the room you were in when you triggered
3: you can, it. You can also increase the number of ties to certain haunts.
0: Yeah. And like, you, you can
3: have more than one omen tied to one haunt.
0: They do. They already do. Yeah.
3: Like, you you can have multiple ties and increase the number of omens that are present. Yeah.
0: Um, for me, uh, it would definitely be... Um, more building tiles because we actually ran into this issue where oh we, yeah we, t- ran, out we, we ran, ran out of we ran out like, of floor, ground floor we were trying yeah we were trying to get from the ground floor to the basement and because the the chute to the to the basement was away at the other end um and we hadn't run into any of the events that added because there are events that add secret passages <coughs> to the basement but we hadn't run into any of them uh, and because the ground floor had been fully explored we couldn't run into any of them uh, and. Basically, what it ends up being is like, well, we have to try I mean, and fall ab- the hole in the floor. Yeah, in order to get down to the basement, the two of you were jumping back, were jumping back and forth into this room, trying to fail a roll, and you can't just will yourself to fail. You have, to, you still have to roll,
1: which is a bit silly.
0: Yeah, um, so there, there's there's that added to it. All right, so we've gone over the uh, basic plot or essence of the game. We've gone over our experiences playing it we've talked about the pros we've talked about the cons we've talked about how we would change it to make it better. Uh, the final thing in a review is to give it a rating. So going around the table I start, hate numerical ratings it doesn't have to be a numerical rating or it can be a random numerical rating just something something to give your opinion of the game. starting with units
1: We're working out out of 10 here
0: I mean it doesn't matter I, 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 I would say rather than a numerical rating give it like an overall opinion like would play again would not would okay. recommend
1: um i like letter grids. i'm going to give it a letter grade right. um I, I would i would give it a a b+ plus because it's it's a very mechan- the idea is very sound it's a very mechanical sound idea it's very replayable and it's a it's a lighthearted game if you come in it from a competitive standpoint you're not going to enjoy it as much so you have to enjoy it for what it is. And it's really fun if you're just playing it to have fun.
0: So a B-plus from units? Thirty five out of 50. Which, for those of you who know math, is 70%.
3: So probably
0: around a B as well.
3: Probably, around, yeah, around a... Around, around Wait, since what is 70% of B. <laughs> actually, in, in, actually in, in the UK, that's a B. <laughs> uh, that's actually, it's, a, it's like a C-plus or a B. We, it, America are the ones who make 70 the passing. We're weird. Interesting. Like, in other countries, you pass it, you get over 50%. Um, but no, I, it, it, it's, it's a, it did a lot of things right. It did more <laughs> things right than it did wrong. I definitely, I, I appreciate the game, I would play it more. Um, like I said, m- most of my issues are with the materials, not with the game. Uh, there was the one issue of lack of variety in the items rather than the haunts, but again, a small issue. Um, that's actually my only really big issue, is the, is the number of items. Yeah, overall, it did great things. I just have a, I have a couple little nettles, and I stick to small details. It's yeah. something that I do.
0: Give us a letter grade, so I can easily we compile did. it. It'd probably
3: be about a B or a C, okay. like a C plus or a B. Okay, so C, C plus, B plus B plus.
0: Okay. Right.
2: Um, I I don't want to follow them, but I'd probably give a solid B. Solid B. I think um, the, the big improvement would be. More options, like they've got a good idea going for them, and they need to work on that idea. They need to expand it more. It's absolutely
0: fine if we say like I'm going to give it a solid B plus as well.
1: Like it's actually easier this way.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it. uh, I'm going to give it a solid B plus as well. I think for the most part, what what it wants, it does what it wants to do. It wants to make a fun, entertaining, uh, easily easily accessible horror game that makes that that sort of both embraces and lampoons the horror tropes and so like you can take out of it what you want if you want to make fun of horror things you can do that with this game if you want to embrace them and enjoy the story of horror you can do that with this game and as an as a gateway game to uh, that's that's one of the big things i really love about games is like is there potential for this game to lead to other games other to, to take people say i really like this concept i want to explore this in another direction maybe even go deeper into it because the more people <coughs> play because as i've always said the more people play the game the more people play games the better games we get um and so i i you know I, I it does all it does it does exactly what it wants to do every all of our gripes that we have had have been very nitpicky and 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 we're critiquing it that's what we do is we find those nitpicks and we bring them out and we say here are things that are problems um but even with all the nitpicks stacked up it's still a fun game it's still an entertaining game it's still a really good mood setter it's it's a lot of fun and it's a really great tidy little rpg light and even with all of the chits that there are it's not a messy game it's not difficult to clean this game up because sometimes you don't even bring any of these out. So um, it's it's neat, tidy. The right price, I think thirty five dollars is probably the exact right price for this. Um, it's it's for the most part well made, except for the miniatures uh,
1: <laughs> and the character chits. Yeah,
0: and uh, it's it's a it's a blast. I highly recommend anybody if you're interested in horror games, Lovecraftian storytelling, or anything like that.
1: It's, I don't even like horror and I enjoy this. Yeah. Just from a <clears throat> from a horror. Not from a, from a from a storytelling standpoint.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a really great thing to pick up and like I said, it's a really good warm up wire PG. So overall favorable I would say. From,
1: from us. Uh, overall, would play again. Overall, would play again. Want to play again. Yeah. yeah. We'll play again later.
2: In fact, talking about it, I kind of want to play it, it again, yeah. Which is the
0: mark of a good game. <laughs> yeah. Like, the mark of a good game is, do you, uh, I, I, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, do would I play this game again? And the answer is yes.
1: And I, I think that that's what a B is, I want to play it again. Yep. A C is, I'll play it again if it's presented, but I'm not actively going to seek it out. Yeah. And an A is, oh my goodness, I have to play this right now. Yeah.
0: Alright, so uh, this has been Betrayal at House on the Hill uh, and this has been Natch 20 Review uh, so if you like what you heard and you want to hear more please feel free to let us know you can email us at films finalshallfilms at gmail.com uh, if you want to hear more, you can find everything that we do on our website, finalshowfilms.com. We produce uh, three podcasts a week, this being one of them, uh, the other two being uh, actual play series where we play uh, more. T- we play, uh, tabletop RPGs, um, uh, one of which is uh, Space Cowboys, which is a Mass Effect RPG using the Adventure Game Engine system, um, and the other one, which is currently A Simpler Life, uh, which uses the Warcraft RPG. Um In addition to that, we stream on Twitch every day of the week at twitch.tv slash Sinsaku. We also upload a comedy series called Two Guys, One Camera onto our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Sinsaku. And you can find me on Twitter at John A. Bates. You can also find Units on Twitter. At Units, U-K-N-I-T-S. You can find... T-S, no E. No no second E in in there.
3: Yeah. Did I say E? It sounded like you did, but I I think it's just because of the pause
0: you have between T and S. Sorry. Yeah. UK and I T S. And Shadow Chorus. You can find me at Shadow underscore chorus. And Pookie.
2: At Pookie Death Bunny.
0: So hit us up on Twitter if you like what you heard. And please feel free to, to let us know your opinions on Betrayal at House on the Hill if you have played it before. Shall and we if, give them a teaser to next week? And if you've never played it before, uh, yeah, we will in a second. And if you've never played it before, um, pick it up. Let us know what you like. If you decide to pick it up, let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear what your experiences with it are. As to what we're doing next week on uh, The Natch 20... <laughs> Oh, a really big so box put the box on the table so tune in next week if you are into uh, taverns card games fantasy worlds getting drunk
1: and getting smashed getting smashed <laughs> both literally and metaphorically
0: in the red dragon inn so, thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you to everybody. Also, if you want to throw money at us to help fund this podcast and other things, we have a Patreon at patreon.com/fsfilms. Uh, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, but especially Addie Pie uh, and Chris Comfort who donate at twenty five dollars a month. And, sorry, Addie Pie donates at fifteen dollars a month. Chris Comfort and Anti Tonic donate at twenty five dollars a month. Um, <laughs> ha it's, I'm not the only it's, one. It's the A's. Eddie
2: yeah. Pie's really been getting some good I, recognition. I know, there. right?
0: <laughs> uh, and, but thank you to everybody that donates to us. No matter what, no matter what, it, it helps keep us going. Helps keep the lights on. Um, the lights being the film lights, not the house lights, because those we pay with our uh, with our job money um, for now. For Hopefully, now. maybe <laughs> who knows? Yeah, thank you very much. And that'll be goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs>